0: This is the Doctor President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords
1: I am definitely a madman with a box Anyone from Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor I'm 904 years old I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castambros <laughs> Hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we are back with episode 39. Yay! Short break.
0: Yeah, was, it's the Wee Break.
1: The Wee Break, and we're back on it.
0: And uh, I'm glad to see you haven't lost the touch. I was wondering, is he going to fluff it after two weeks? <laughs> 'Cause it's a mouthful that big blue box podcast, isn't it? I know sometimes when people leave comments it's like it is quite a mouthful. It is. To get off in one take, but you're a pro. Yeah, a pro at it now. Yeah. And he's struggling on, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you can tell but he's he's about <laughs> you're a bit under the
1: weather today, aren't you? I am mate. I've got the typical uh the typical man flu yeah. thing going on. Yeah. So apologies if I sound a bit um, bit croaky and raspy, but we'll get through it. We'll do it.
0: All, all the guys up there will be giving sympathy,
1: all the women will be going, no, man flu. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, oh, whatever. Yeah, exactly, get on with it. <laughs> yeah, I must admit, I do only have a cold. It's nothing yeah. It's nothing major, but it, I don't know, for guys, it just gets you down. Mm. I do feel, do feel a bit crap, but it's all good. <laughs> Anyways, how have you been, mate, over the last couple of weeks?
0: Yes, I've been good, yeah, yeah, I've had a, a couple of breaks. Well, a, a break, sorry, not a couple of breaks, I had a couple of nights... In Mallorca, so that was nice. Um, just three nights. And I polished off Dark Eyes 4 while I was there, nice. which was really good. I really enjoyed really enjoyed that. Um, a very good end to the Dark Eyes series, I have to say. I wasn't disappointed. So, yes, yeah, so I've been very good, thanks. How about you? Oh, I'll tell you what, I saw you with some Stormtroopers. Um, some Stormtroopers. Oh, okay. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, you went to a Star Wars event, didn't you, which looked brilliant. I did, yes. I got an invite to um, the uh, Force Awakens UK event. Um, yeah, so over in America, they had the Star Wars Celebration event. And they did yeah. this live stream thing to the Empire Cinema in London, Leicester Square. It was awesome. And had some stormtroopers there. And I got almost got esconded <laughs> by some stormtroopers. It was a good night, yeah.
0: I was quite jealous of the, the pictures, actually. And I sent you... Um, my sister sent me a, a link to the trailer that, that you got to see that night. And I had no idea any of that was going on. So I got the link to this trailer and it's a really bad quality version of it. <laughs> and I forwarded it straight to you. I thought, Oh, this must be like, you know, an exclusive sort of thing that's <laughs> leaked. Unaware that this massive event was going on, in Leicester square. And then I didn't realize that actually on YouTube was the full HD yeah, <laughs> version yeah. of it. I was thinking, oh, <laughs> I've just sent you a really bad copy of it thinking, you know, I'm giving you a scoop and, uh, and it was everywhere. Cause that trailer just went mad it and did. it's a brilliant, Brilliant
1: yep. trailer, isn't it? Yeah, it very exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was good. Um, Doctor Who wise, I've just been chilling out, watching some a uh, couple of classic ones. I've been watching a lot of. Um, I'll be watching through Series Eight again because I've got all those uh, to hand. So I thought, yeah, let's crack on. Let's um, let's get some Capaldi action. Oh yeah. And uh, some of the stories are not too bad on the second the second round, you know.
0: Yeah, I was wondering yeah. if if um, how they how they fare on a second viewing
1: not too bad. There's still a couple in there that are not not amazing as as we we reviewed anyways, but um like Robot of Sherwood. Mm. It wasn't too bad. I, I enjoyed it a slightly more on the second time around, but it's still not it's not it's never going to be a classic, is it? But uh no. Yeah. I
0: did think of you the other night actually. I um I was watching the horror channel and Silver Nemesis was on <laughs> and uh <laughs> and my partner came in and watched about five minutes of it and then said, what is this bleep? And I was like, what? I thought, <laughs> I thought you would have laughed because it was yeah. obviously, you know, the McCoy. But, uh, yeah, they've, I've been watching quite a bit of Hill on horror. Um, Greatest Show was on the other day as well, which I really like, another McCoy one. Cool. So yeah. I like the fact that, I mean, they're very random, aren't they, on the horror channel? They just seem to pick. very yeah. You know, you get yeah. like a, a seven and then a, a four and it's been all sorts on that. But it's quite good, actually, because if you're just sort of coming in from work, which, you know, you can just...
1: Whack it on, and there's some Doctor Who on the telly, which is pretty cool. It's cool, yeah. And uh, we're recording this. Uh, I think it's what ten to eleven, something like that. Mm. And uh, an unearthly child is on the horror channel as we speak. Is it really? I didn't even know that. Yes. Oh wow. So they do play. They they put some really good ones on there, don't they? But it's quite random, like you say. There's oh, it's no, very uh, random. Yeah, it's very yeah, random. It's uh, it's it's not like series. They don't block it in series and then just go through it chronologically. It's um they just I'm not sure how they pick them but it's very good that it's on tv
0: yeah it's better actually because you sort of get a mix of doctors then rather than like you said rather than sort of having to watch it all from the start whether it's quite nice because you can just yeah. you never know what doctor you're going to get on each <laughs> given night I quite like that
1: doctor yeah. who roulette
0: yeah that's it yeah very
1: good. <laughs> well as long as you don't look at the the viewing the the viewing guide beforehand the tv guide yeah, yeah. it's yeah. all good though yeah love it <laughs>
0: My partner, not so much. But yeah, I love not it. So much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same,
1: same yes, for Yeah, same for me. She doesn't really like uh much of the classic stuff. She really likes um David Tennant and some of the Matt Smith, but every time I put a classic one on, she's like, Oh god, I'll see you later.
0: I think it's just more, from my point of view, it's more just the fact that there's so much Doctor Who in the house anyway. The fact that it's also, Classic is also now on actual television, it just uh, just pushes him that little bit over the edge. It's just it's just too much Doctor <laughs> Who in the house. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, I love it. Tipped over the edge.
1: <laughs> I saw this article the other day online somewhere. Um, my wife thought it to me, actually. She was laughing. I think it was called something like 15 things or 20 things. I can't remember the number. X amount of things that you have to put up with uh, when your partner loves Doctor Who or something like that. Yeah. I'll see if I can dig it out and put a link on it. It was really funny. Oh, because cool. Because there's like loads, like pretty much most of them, she was laughing her head off at because, you know, it was things like, you know, if you weren't into Doctor Who, then you certainly are now. Um, you'll always find, um, how come there's, there's always an excuse to buy a Doctor Who themed something? Yeah. had like a long list. had like dressing gowns, quilt covers, mugs, the whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool
0: yeah I bet a lot of it you could relate to
1: oh yeah yeah, I could relate to uh, pretty much most of it <laughs> yeah but anyways shall we land this thing and crack on with the news kind sir yes we've got some quite a bit of news let's land it Never gets old. Oh, that's great, isn't it? Never. Brilliant. So, first bit of news. We've got... um, This is quite interesting, this one. and I think it opens up, or could potentially open up, a lot of debate amongst fans. And um, so the background on this is, as we know, Peter Capaldi, it's not... You know, as the Doctor, it's not his first time appearing on the show. Mm. And from... um, I can't remember what series it was now. It was back in 2008, wasn't it? Um, it's the Donna series, isn't it? Yeah, so I think it's, what, yeah. four? Yeah, I think it's four, series yeah. Series four, yeah. Um, Peter Capaldi appeared in the episode The Fires of Pompeii as Cecilius. Uh, is that right? Cecilius, yeah. Yeah. Um, or is it just Celius? Cecilius, yeah. And a lot of people have been asking this question, you know, since that, since Peter Capaldi was announced that he was going to be the Doctor, we've always... Ha- I've heard it quite a few times, but how are they going to explain then how, you know, he appeared in this episode and how he's the Doctor? And I always assumed it would just never be answered. I just assumed it would be one of those little quirky, timey-wimey things within Doctor Who that you didn't really need to know about. It was just... Yeah, cause it's, yeah. it's not the first time the Doctors,
0: you know, like Colin Baker was in it before he was the Doctor, so it's not yeah. like
1: it's, you know, unusual. Yeah, of course, and Karen Gillen. You know, she I'm was kidding. in this very episode. So yeah, it was one of those things where I thought, I don't really need to know why. It's kind of a nice, uh, mysterious thing. But um, one of the, um, I think it was the latest Doctor Who magazine, a uh, uh, viewer asked um, Stephen Moffat this question because he does a column, doesn't he, a question and answer thing. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed um, uh, that scene in Deep Breath where the doctor says to, uh, uh, to the tramp in the street, why did I choose this face? It's like I'm trying to tell myself something. And we never get an explanation as to why uh, Cecilia's from the Fires of Pompeii has the same face as the Twelfth Doctor. And quite astonishingly, uh, Moffat has is actually going to visit this subject and said um, mm. he likes that scene too. And yes, we're coming back to that idea. In fact, we'll be shooting the scene in question really quite shortly. Mm. Which it's has intriguing. Everybody, hmm, everybody has that kind of chin stroking action and that sound like
0: hmm. Hmm. Well, the thing is, though, I, I'm a bit like you. I, I don't think it really needs explaining. Hmm. Um, but the other thing is, he, you know, Peter Capaldi was also in Children of Earth as a very prominent character, you know, the Torchwood Children of Earth. Oh, Torchwood, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is part of the universe. And is. so, yeah. you know, I mean, where do you draw the line? Are you then going to explain why he looks exactly... Because if 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 anything, he looks more like the Doctor in Torchwood Children of Earth than he does in Fast Pompeii because he's sort of more... <laughs> you know, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if we really, a, I don't know if we need explaining and B. am not sure where you draw the line, you know? Um, but yeah, well, okay. I, you know, I'll go with it. I'd be interested to see, you know, I just hope he makes it good. Do you know what I mean? I hope there's a good reason for it and it's not done just because he feels he's
1: got to explain it, if you know what I mean? Yes. That was one of the things that, I mean, it's, I guess it's not, it's not too bad if they, if they can make something cool out of it. I have no idea if it's just going to be a, a passing reference or if they're going to make something quite big out of this subject. I have no idea, but um, it will be addressed, apparently, in Series 9.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I, I had a feeling I thought we were going to get get it in Series 8 because he's been talking about this ever since, I think, Capaldi was cast, pretty much. So I, yeah. I kind of wondered if we were going to get it earlier on. So I'm surprised he's kept it hanging over to Series 9 because, again, it sort of feels like the moment has gone. But, yeah, I'll be intrigued to see where we go with it. Indeedy. Indeed, yeah. So, talking to Series Nine, uh, no, Series Eight. Sorry. In other news, um, Doctor Who's picked up a BAFTA Yay. for Best Visual Special and Graphic Effects. I love this. Yeah, yeah, it's, great. it's always I love Who's winning quite a few awards at the minute, isn't it? Which is great.
1: Yeah, and um, these guys, I follow these guys on. Well, one of the companies involved in uh, contributing to win this BAFTA, they're they're called Real SFX. Yeah. And I follow them on Twitter. They're based in Cardiff, and they're such a cool bunch of guys. They, um, as well as doing all of the stuff, um, or anything that you see that's visually created, um, on on set and stuff like that, is basically done by these guys predominantly. And uh, they, it's kind of their life and soul, if you like. Um, They're always promoting the show. They're always working, and Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think you know, in, in conjunction with the other company they use, I think it's mainly is it Milk Milk VFX.
0: Yeah, they, say, um,
1: yeah. yeah, so between those guys, um, they've come up with some really good stuff. I will say that there's been a couple of hit and miss mm. bits and pieces throughout Series 8 in terms of um, CGI um, and, the, and the visual effects. But the special effects, the actual physical stuff you see on set is always top notch.
0: Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. It has been a bit of a mixed bag. You're right. I mean, some of the effects have been amazing, like the half face man. How they did that was was brilliant. Yeah, uh, and much more complicated than than you'd think if you just were watching the episode. You know, um, you know, the T Rex was pretty good. But then, and also, I'm thinking of like you said, like the actual physical effects, like the Daleks exploded, all that model work and that that looked brilliant. Um, and then on the downside, there were yeah, there was some quite dodgy CGI. So I don't know which department deals with that. But you know, I'm thinking of that shot in. Uh, I think it's um dark death in heaven okay. you know where yep. where she phones the doctor you know and we got oh, that yeah. awful yep. shot of this planet and the tardis on like an iceberg cliff whatever I just remember like my heart sinking when I saw that thank goodness it was such a short shot you know and I mean I just just that looked like something out of 80s doctor Who, so it's <laughs> you know there's been the odd blip but overall yeah I agree it's um we've had some great stuff in in the series so it's good that it's been acknowledged
1: yeah and it's really cool when yeah. doctor picks up awards because um yeah yeah, it's just um, good to spread the word, and that's a quite a big award, isn't it, British
0: Academy? So yeah,
1: yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Well, for those guys in that industry, that's probably one of their biggest, one of the biggest uh, trophies they can trophies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hold on, a trophy. Whatever. Award. award. Yeah. Award. For the one of the biggest, you know, stuff to put on the mantelpiece. Probably the biggest uh, in the industry. So well done, guys
0: well done yeah and also i don't you know i don't mean to nitpick as well because like you said i'm sure they must work very hard and when things don't come off quite as well they they're probably as disappointed as we are it's probably more down to time and money so you know yeah they, you know the effort does does come across as well
1: yeah yeah good on you good stuff next up news um we're going to continue with the physical effects thing there's been a couple of photos released mm. um for the upcoming one of the upcoming monsters, uh, new monsters. I assume because I haven't seen this before anywhere to do with who, um, for series nine. And I think the BBC first tweeted out a, a subtle photo last week, it was a black and white photo with just this red glowing eye or red glowing something. Mm. And then we got a set photo shortly after, and um, it's the it's this big arm, um, well. This new monster for who? It looks very cool. It's like this big armored um, uh, soldier by the look of it, because he's carrying um, this big cannon thing. Yeah. And uh, but I'm not. The the thing that intrigues me is what's inside, because this mm. thing is really heavily armored. It looks it, yeah. And I'm really intrigued as to what's inside, because it's, it's very similar to the ice monsters. Um, do you remember on um, the Matt Smith uh, episode? Uh, I can't remember what it's called now, where they come across the ice, the ice warrior on the submarine. What was the episode called? Oh, um, um, episode name. We're terrible for this, aren't we?
0: I know. Um, it's, it's just because um, as soon as we ask ourselves a question, we automatically tell ourselves we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. What was it
1: called? I don't
0: know. The ice warrior one, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the
1: ice warrior. So that was very cool. I really l- enjoyed that aspect where it's this uh, kind of um, still powerful but quite a vulnerable creature inside this. Uh, this cool suit of armor and this seems to to have the same kind of vibe um and it it, looks huge
0: yeah was it called cold war yes it was something like that i had yeah um do you know what i I love the look of this this creature or whatever it is and yeah it's really intriguing because a it looks really rustic which i love it doesn't look like a sort of um you know tacky sort of plastic suit. it looks really rustic and well built and i agree with you i'm thinking what a what is it and what's inside um and yeah i really like the look of it i love the fact it's really cumbersome and clumsy as well yeah Uh, and it doesn't look like anything we've had particularly before in terms of the actual look of the out you know the costume and stuff so i I really like this yeah i hope it's um yeah i hope it's something really cool because i'm looking forward to seeing this actually on screen it looks very cool it's massive yeah yeah, does, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's really, it looks like it's sort of really top heavy. Like, you can, I don't know how heavy the suit is, but you can imagine the <laughs> poor guy inside's like really struggling to stay upright in it because it's very, very
1: top heavy. It does look, yeah. And it's yeah. really tall because the set photo is next to the director, um, Ed uh, Basilgett. And he's not a, a short guy. And mm-hmm. he towers above him. Yeah. It must be seven foot something, at least, this this monster. So, very cool. Um, Well, potentially very cool monster for Series 9. It hasn't been named yet, has it? No. No, okay. No. It's set in a medieval, well, they've overtaken this, um, this um, makeshift village um, somewhere in Wales um, called Cosmeston Medieval Village, and they've kind of taken the place over for a few weeks and redressed it and everything. So it's obviously set in a medieval time, or medievalish ish time, um, but that's as far as we know.
0: Yeah. Is this the one with Maisie Williamson? I don't know. All oh, right, okay. So I know sure. there's been a few set pictures of her looking quite uh, in quite medieval dress. I just wondered.
1: It could well be them. Yeah, because
0: yep. also um, there's been a couple of pictures of the read throughs. Uh, printed recently and um, a lot of people have been speculating because jenna coleman's not been in the pictures and Maisie Williams has so they're saying oh, okay. ah, you know there's all this oh my god has Jenna left but I think it's probably <laughs> just that she's probably a Jenna light episode I would imagine but um but yeah I love the look of this. I can't can't wait to see it on screen. It looks very cool. Yeah. Now in other casting news for series nine, there's a chap called David Schofield um who you might know from Merlin and apparently, he's been yep. in Gladiator and Pirates of the Caribbean. He's been cast for episodes five and six in the next series, which is cool, because um, he's good. Is he good? Yeah, I must admit, yeah. I um, you know I saw this on on Doctor Who news on the link, and I sort of recognise him, but I don't really. I can't sort of think of anything I don't think I've seen him in anything, so I'm not too sure.
1: Okay, he had a, a fairly small part in Pirates of the Caribbean. Right, he, he popped up in each film, but um, he he was really good in Merlin, and he was in Gladiator as well. Oh, cool. He's got like, a, he's not like a, he's not a star, he's not a leading role, Hollywood actor, but he's been in some really big films and the parts that he's had, he's really good, especially in Pirates of the Caribbean. He's got this real dark, menacing um, uh, feel about him. So I'm hoping that in, in Who that they've cast him for something along the same lines, kind of menacing uh, darkness about him. He's very cool.
0: Oh, Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I ne- never really got into Merlin, um, but I've, I've seen the Pirates of the Caribbean, I just don't recognise him, but he's probably in heavily made up in that, is he? I guess. Um, no, no, he's normal. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. No,
1: I don't, don't recognise him, but yeah. Oh, cool, he sounds good. Yeah, he did an Eccleston. He retained his accent. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. yeah. And I actually, before we move on to the last bit of news, I heard, I heard, where did I see this? Um, in an interview that Chris Eccleston did recently... Um, that there was a bit of a clash about his accent, you know?
0: Yeah, apparently that, that was part of that. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, it's part-, it's part of the reason, you know, part of this whole ongoing disagreement that he had, you know, uh, at the time. Uh, one of the reasons he left. Yeah, apparently he... Well, I don't know. We didn't really say much about it, did he? he? just sort of insinuated that they wanted him to sort of try and lose the northernness of yeah. it. Um, I suppose a bit like with Tennant. You know, they-, they got him to do the Mockney rather than his native sort of Scottish <laughs> accent. And... Um, I oh, yes. First, <laughs> oh, yes. Personally, I'm I'm glad Chris, you know, stood his ground because I love the fact he uses his natural accent. And with Tennant, as much as I love him as a doctor, sometimes it really grates on me. I kind of wish they'd just let him use his normal accent because sometimes I can sort of feel him trying to hold it back, if you know what I mean. Sometimes yeah, he sort of yep. speaks between his teeth um, <laughs> and it kind of grates on me because I know he's just trying to sort of keep the accent, and I just think it would have been much better if he had just used his Scottish accent, you know, like Peter Capaldi. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm glad that Chris stood his ground on that.
1: Me too, absolutely. Yeah. He's, uh, his accent's really cool, and I love that little line as well, when Rose is questioning him about, you know, where he's from. She's like, but you're northern. It's like, oh, lots of planets have got a north. Yeah. Whatever. So, I really like that. It's a nice little touch, so...
0: Yeah, I and agree.
1: That, yeah, but I think there was, Um, it did reveal another little nugget as well, where he said that the there was like a, a a stressed uh relationship or tension between the 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 head triangle mm. so i'm assuming that's russell t davis and julie gardner yeah i would guess so and maybe phil collinson yeah so it sounds like he was up against it with his own views about what he wanted to to bring to the role and the show to be so all oh, interesting
0: yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, because I w- I always thought he got on very well with Russell because mm. he was in quite a few his productions. I mean, he probably does. I'm sure it was just like yeah, artistic yeah. differences, if you like. But um, but I don't know. I just think. Oh, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. Awesome. I was going to say something about Chris, but I've completely
1: forgotten. So I lost the track. It but, is weird because the because um, I do think they get on really well. Chris Eccleston and Russell T Davis It's quite weird. Oh um, yeah,
0: I've remembered what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I always thought him and, and Russell got on very well, but. Um, not for the first time, I've read that he. It was actually Chris that approached Russell about the role, which okay. surprised me the first time I read it because I, I couldn't imagine him putting him up for the role of himself up for the role of Doctor Who. But um, yeah, I've, I've read it a couple of times since, so maybe that is true, and okay. I, I'm surprised by that because I, you know, I, I always assume Russell went to him after the second coming that they made together. I always assume Russell thought he's the man for the job. You know, can I get him sort of thing. Yeah. So I, if if Chris did go to him, that's even more intriguing. You know, intriguing. But maybe that's why. Maybe that's he had his ideas and thought, I could do this role. I'll pitch it to Russell. And, you know, maybe that's where the clash came in that Chris had already got it set in his head where he wanted to go with it. I don't know. Possibly, mate. We shall so. probably never know until Chris gets to 88 years old and decides he's going to do his memoirs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll never know. I'm sure people want will want to know then. I mean, we're 10 years on and we still want to know. so. Yeah, actually, in fact, it's more yeah. fun
0: not knowing, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because as soon as you know, it's then, oh, no, it's, it's more fun making up your own version of events.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, actually, we don't really want to know. It's, it's their uh, business, you know, there's it's no biggie, but still interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, last bit of news, um, and I love anything to do with this subject. So cool. Mm. Uh, so, Peter Davison has been talking a little bit about a possible sequel to The Five Ish Doctors. Yeah. Which is always good to hear that they're still talking about it because when you don't hear anything at all from anybody, you know it's kind of been buried and, and forgotten. So it's good that this is still on the radar for people, and you know he's still talking about it. So um, he was being interviewed by Digital Spy, and in a nutshell, he said that um, he would, he'd love to do it as long as it was a good enough idea. Um, so he's he basically said, I want you know I wouldn't want to do it if it was half-hearted and nowhere near as good as the other one. So it would have to, be, um, have to be a good idea. And then he goes on to say that the other problem, and this is quite a big one, um, is, the, is the casting thing. Because literally, I think on the first one, um, all those guys did it just for free, you know, just for a bit of fun. Mm. And he's saying that this time around, he's, they would probably expect to be paid for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it was amazing the amount of people he actually got to appear in it. You know, yeah. um, in that in that one. It's I, I mean, I love I love the Five Doctors. It's brilliant, and I'd love to see a sequel. But but I, I share his concerns because it's sort of um, there was a reason for it being made. So I'm thinking, if you do a sequel, what's the reason? In in terms of like, because they made it because they weren't in the fiftieth. You know, and that was all yeah. a play on that joke. So I'm not quite sure what how a sequel would work. If you know what I mean, like what what would be. What would be the story for it? In other words, like how you know? Indeed, uh, that's what he's um, worried about. I think. Yeah, but uh, but also yeah, also the cast because I mean they literally had so so many great cameos from people in that episode. So literally everybody's in it, um, and it is so good. It, you know, it's, that's the trouble with sequels. It's really hard to to make something as good. I think, but I, I'd yeah. love to see it. I'm sure it'd still be good. Whatever they did, you know, yeah. even if it wasn't as good, I'm sure it'd still be fun and really good to, to watch.
1: Yeah, the other issue that they face as well is Mr. Baker, Tom Baker. Mm, that is. Yes, Tom. Because um, obviously, him refusing to be in the first one. Not, um, I don't think he refused out of, uh, of any spite or anything like that. But his absence was a little bit. Mm.
0: Yeah, well, I guess because he, I guess he might have been a bit uh, between a rock and a hard place because obviously he knew Tom knew that he was in the fiftieth but couldn't say anything. He'd sort of been sworn to secrecy, yeah. You know, and rightly so, because I would have hated that moment to be ruined. I, I had no idea he was in it. Did you? Were were you surprised when he turned up, or had you heard rumours?
1: Well, he had kind of spoilt it himself, didn't he? Did he, Tom Baker? Yeah, he did an interview with the newspaper or the radio. um, Yeah, he did an interview that went out two days before the fiftieth.
0: Oh right, I don't know.
1: Yeah, he was talking about. um, his his time on the set and working with Matt and stuff and everyone was I assume everybody at BBC was like no no see I I didn't know
0: that I somehow don't know how um, maybe because I was up in London for the celebrations or whatever but I missed all that I didn't even know that I thought it was uh, because I was really surprised when I heard the voice because you hear the voice first yeah I was like really can't be (laughs) and then when he was on I was really genuinely surprised so I'm I'm really glad that I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, it's, um,
1: yeah. oh, Tom, I didn't realize he'd ruined it. I know Tom, Oh dear. but it was cool him showing up. It was just, uh, ah, oh, this is a whole other podcast episode to mm. talk about that one. But I think it's, um, I think we could talk for, for an hour or so about the justification for having Tom and not the others and, and all that stuff. But I was thinking maybe know,
0: that's why he felt he couldn't be in the Firish doctors. Cause they didn't know he was in it either. Obviously, clearly. Yeah. Um, so, but he couldn't have really been in it trying to get into the five doctors in the storyline when he knew he was in it, if you see what I mean. So, yeah. you know, he probably sort of had to decline. I'm surprised if he blabbed the newspapers, I'm surprised he didn't just say to Peter, I'm oh, like, well, I'm in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can't, <laughs> do you know
1: what I mean? Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. if they, what the reason was behind him mm-hmm. putting that article out before, whether he didn't know it was going to go out before, I'm not sure, But or they got duped into it. I'm not sure, but I remember at the, uh, conference we were at recently and Colin and Sylvester were starting to show their little um, slight annoyances and not being included. In yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, when they were on the
0: panel, they were they were genuinely quite you could tell they were quite peeved off about it. Yeah, because um, I think before around the 50th, they'd been quite, um, you know, diplomatic. If you like, when asked about it, but now times passed, they're actually quite, quite sort of candidly saying, aren't they? Yeah, but they weren't. Yeah. You know, well, I think they would have just liked to been a bit of part of it, really. Yeah, which is fair enough. I can understand it. Um, yeah.
1: So yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to wrap up for the news, buddy. Okay. before we move on to our review of planet of the dead, it's competition time. Yes. That music can only mean one thing. It can only mean, <laughs> it can only mean one thing. And it's that is com- a, another competition. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. So we have got, we've been very kindly, um, been given a copy of, uh, Cameron, uh, K McEwan's new book, unofficial doctor who, the big book of lists to give yeah. away. And, uh, I have to, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about this book on next week's uh, show, um, but it's a uh, it's a really good little book, and I can I can tell already that Colin Baker is going to hate it. Oh yeah, he hates list, doesn't he? He hates list, but I think yeah. you know the rest of the world is probably going to really like it. It's a uh, it's a great little book. It's one of those books where you don't really plan on reading it for, because of the the way it's been written. It's it's all very nicely in chunks and stuff. It's not chapters or anything. It's not a story. Um, in my mind, for some reason, I thought I would pick it up and read a few bits and put it down again because it's just a, a collection of um, exactly as the, the title suggests. It's a collection of lists and so on. But you can't put it down. You, you read one one chunk of lists. You think, "No, that's cool." You turn a page and you, "Oh, it's another cool thing." I have to read that. And you turn a page and there's another list that you didn't think you would like, but then you're intrigued at the you know at the the, the order in which the list goes. Yeah. So it's a cracking little book. It's really, really cool. We've got a copy to give away. All you need to do to win the book is just uh, follow us on Twitter, at BigBlueBoxPCast, and then just fire us a link to say something like, uh, I'd love to have this book, or give me the book, or whatever you like. And just use the usual has- the hashtag, BigBlueBoxComp, and that's it.
0: And that's it, yeah. And now I can hear people thinking, but I already follow you. That's fine. If you already follow us, just bash out a tweet with that hashtag. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, so this-
1: yeah, just, all you need to do there is just tweet us with something funny, like, give me the book immediately, or <laughs> my mum would really like the book, or something silly, whatever you like, just yeah. as long as you include the hashtag. It's all good, and we will announce the winner next week.
0: Yes, I'd like this book myself. In fact, if I uh, if I manage to get into a shop this weekend, um, I'm, I'm going to pick it up, because I've got Cameron's first book, The Who's Who of Doctor Who, uh, which, um, which I really <laughs> like, because they're they're illustrated by, and I always get I don't know how to pronounce it. Andrew Skeletor, Skeletor? Skeletor.
1: Sure. Skeletor. yeah, yep. which
0: makes them very. It's got a very sort of old school dot two feel about them, which I love because I love his his drawings. And this one's yeah. illustrated by him as well, isn't it? So yes,
1: yeah, so yeah, it's a good book. It's a really good book. Yeah. So thank you, Cam. Thanks, Camzy. And we know about his his uh, after we spent some time with him um, last month. Was it last month? Um, we've kind of. Uh, we, we know not to trust some of his things, but I can assure you that everything <laughs> that appears in this book is completely completely genuine, and uh, there's no red herrings.
0: Yes, yeah, just like Stephen Moffat, Camsey lies. <laughs> Camsey lies. Yeah, Yeah, he can't be trusted though. No, we had a great chat of him in the bar, didn't we? and um, he does love to tell facts. He's brilliant with facts, and yeah. some of them are true and some of them are not. and he does love he does love to uh, to try and test you to see if you can guess which is which. So yeah, but all the ones in this book, I assume are true.
1: Yes, they are. Cool. I'm pretty sure. Unless he snuck a few in there. But you might I'm have pretty done. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So good luck with that, guys. We'll announce uh, who's nabbed that next week. And uh, let's do a review. What are we doing, buddy? Oh, yes. Well,
0: <laughs> this week um, we are visiting the David Tennant episode, Planet
1: of the Dead. Right now. A bit of hush, thank you. Got to remember the number. Very important number.
0: Hello,
1: it's the And again, ah, uh, six, not 67. This is the Unified Intelligence Task Force. Please select one of the following four options. If you want oh, to... I hate these things. No, if
0: you keep your finger pressed on zero, you get through to a real person. I saw it on it.
1: Thank you, Angela.
0: Unit helpline, which department would you
1: like? Listen, it's the doctor. It's me. That's it. Urgent call, Mum, relayed direct from HQ. Who's it? It's him, Mum. It's the Doctor.
0: Doctor? This is Captain Arisa Mugambo.
1: Might I say, sir, it's an honour. Did you just salute? No. Arisa, it's about the bus. HQ said you're at the tunnel, yeah?
0: And where are you? I'm on the bus, but apart from that, not a clue.
1: Except it's very pretty pretty dangerous a
0: body came through here have you sustained any more fatalities
1: no and we're not going to but I'm stuck I haven't got the TARDIS and I need to analyze that wormhole
0: we have a scientific advisor on site dr. Malcolm Taylor just the man you need he's
1: a genius oh no, we'll, we'll see about that Here's the doctor No, oh, I'm all right now
0: thanks it's just a little bit of a sore throat I've got to be
1: honest, a cup of tea might be nice. It's the Doctor. It's the Doctor, idiot. <laughs> so, the first of
0: four <laughs> one-hour specials leading up to David Tennant's exit, written by
1: Rusty Davis and Gareth Roberts. Where did it all go wrong, Gary? <laughs> now, before we, st- before we start this uh, review, mm. is, is this going to be like um, a remembrance thing, like in reverse? Well, only if you like this episode. Um, let's let's talk about the let's talk it through first. <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah. Let's get into it first. So, <laughs> off the bat, I think we it's a safe bet that you don't like this one at all.
0: That there are there's a, a few redeeming features for me, but overall, no, I'm not, not a fan of this episode. Not a fan,
1: right? So, let's right. So, the basis for the story, then, um, which I'm assuming you don't you're not really a fan of the story.
0: I think the actual. I think the
1: idea is interesting. Okay, so it's where we we meet this young uh, cat burglar thief character, don't we? Lady Christina de Souza,
0: mm. played and by
1: Michelle Ryan. Michelle Ryan from Eastenders fame, mm. and she's um, breaking into this museum. She's stealing this um, this chalice or this cup, whatever, and. Um, that's how the story kicks off she's it's basically she's stealing this item from this museum she's escaping and while escaping very um nonchalantly on just on a you know jumping on a bus (laughs) she bumps into the doctor he's um he the bus gets hijacked thrown into another dimension they land on this planet and then it's just a a survival story basically They're, they're trying to get home that's essentially it yeah, that's it in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah, and I actually
0: think it starts off quite well. Actually, I because I I I've only I watched this last week for the review. That's the only the second time I've watched it because the first time I watched it, uh, I th- I thought it was dreadful. Um, so okay. I thought well, yeah, I haven't watched it since. Um, so I watched it last week and actually when it started off, I thought it actually starts quite well. I thought, oh, maybe I've been too harsh. You know, maybe I'm actually going to enjoy this. And I did go into it with an open mind. I have to say, actually, because I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. There's been stories. That I thought I didn't like, and on a rewatch, I've really enjoyed them. So uh, when it started, I actually thought it started quite well, and I thought, oh, maybe you know, maybe I'm going to enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like the initial intro with Michelle Ryan uh, doing the whole sort of Mission Impossible, stroke, Pink Panther, stealing of the goblet, or whatever it is. So, you know, it's all quite a nice little intro.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then it went wrong for you.
0: Well, it kind of goes wrong as soon as they go through the, the wormhole. Right. Okay. Um and then the rest of the the cast on the bus um <laughs> sort of kick in. That's where
1: it just loses it for me. Okay. Yeah. So the the plot for this, I found it very very similar to the episode called Is It Midnight? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Midnight. Yeah. I found it quite similar in the setup where you've got a group of people who are stranded essentially. And um there's not as much conversation, is there, as Midnight. There's not as much just sitting around and, and talking. But um, I found it very similar to that. Once they go through the wormhole and they're stuck on this planet. No, that's a, good, that's a
0: really interesting point, actually, because um, that's the exact story I was just talking about, because that's the story that the first time I watched I thought was awful. Right. And then I re-watched it, and, and, and I really loved Midnight. I was like, why? You know, I couldn't understand why I didn't enjoy the first time I had. And actually, you're right. The comparisons are
1: are oh, definitely there actually yeah. yeah yeah it's like a bunch of strangers thrown together and uh they almost have to work together to um uh to uh to escape and get back home and uh i don't think this one's slightly different in terms of um actually no it's quite it's quite similar because there's like an alien menace who's like imminently about to attack mm. he's quite threatening and they you know they feel they've got some safety within this uh, busted up double decker bus i guess but um, but I
0: guess the the di- yeah the difference with Midnight is that the the cast are actually quite reasonable in it. That whereas the cast that are stuck on the bus in this are dreadful. You didn't I mean, like the, them. Oh, the acting is just appalling. <laughs> like the, the, they really I, I couldn't care about any of them. Like there's no there's no characterisation at all. Whereas in, in Midnight, you know the actual characters are quite good, even yeah. though we don't really know them. And there's a lot more suspense in Midnight. Like I didn't find there's any
1: suspense in this at all. I think they tried to. Yeah. I think they tried to do that. Um um the, with with the tritovores? No. <laughs> I was
0: gonna let you say it because I wasn't sh- I, I still can't pronounce it. Yeah. The stingray like
1: things you mean. Actually they're not called tritovores, are they? Oh, you're on about the fly things? They're the fly dudes, aren't they? I don't know, yeah, yeah. Do we have a name for the, the stingray looking flying things?
0: We do, but I can't pronounce it. Um I looked it up before we started, and I thought, "Oh, I'll let Gary say that." Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Something beginning with V, I think. I can't remember. Just call him a stingray. Stingray,
1: stingray, stingray. And I think they tried to do that. I think they tried to invoke some kind of suspense because you have this thing where the doctor's gone out, and he's seen across the dunes. This looked like it looked like a sandstorm, essentially, yeah. doesn't it? And uh,
0: where did they go? They went all the way to somewhere expensive to film it didn't they it was dubai dubai yeah, yeah that's right yeah uh
1: visually though it looks nice
0: i gotta say yeah nice yep. uh nice location yeah it work, works well visually um i think they probably would have been better not they sort of had a bit of cgi on it and stuff which kind of mm. ruins it, it would have been better just to have left it because the location is great yeah and it's it's a nice idea of having this crashed bus you know on there i was reading actually that the bus wasn't supposed to be damaged uh, when it lands through the wormhole we actually got actually got something dropped on it in transit really? did you read did you read this yeah they, no. they you know it's all smashed when they arrive on the planet yeah yeah that's because um while it was being transported to dubai for filming um something got dropped on it like a crate box and completely smashed it and they did have a backup they had one spare but right. they decided that rather than spend money shipping the spare over to Dubai they would just leave it as the crashed bus and make it part of the story and actually I'm glad they did because it works quite well actually
1: it does actually yeah, yeah. so I mean I, I'm assuming that's the furthest they've gone location wise yeah I would think so yeah. yeah yeah it looks really nice when they land on this uh this desert planet it looks very cool um and I thought that yeah I thought they could have made a bit more of those stingray dudes. If I'm being brutally honest with you, I think they could have made a bit more, a bit more of the story around those guys because the 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 Trivators. Am I saying that right? Yes, yeah, go with it. Yeah. The, <laughs> no. The the tritivores, Oh, that's it. Those guys where the Doctor can understand in these like clicks and. Oh yeah, yeah, that.
0: Whatever it is. Yeah.
1: So I think they were quite filler, unnecessarily. Yeah, I didn't get the point of them at all. Yeah. Well, they've obviously crashed there as well. Mm. and uh they're trying to suss out what's going on they've got one captured haven't they in the bottom of the ship yeah that yeah that,
0: that's that's i mean that's the sort of that's not a bad bit when she's trying to go down and get the diamond and and all that there's a bit of um yeah a bit of tension and stuff there yeah you know, i think i woke back up at that point and thought oh here we go oh, uh, but now i'm joking but but yeah that works quite well because there is a bit of threat there with the thing you know by with the, the crystal whatever yeah. it is the stingray yeah um But yeah, I mean, when you see the swarms coming towards you as well, that's quite, you know, that's quite good. Um, Because you don't see too much of these Stingray things, do you? They're
1: kept quite brief on screen. Yeah, there's not much. um, The CGI wasn't that great either for them.
0: Well, no, that's what I'm thinking, because when you do see them for any sort of length of time, they don't look particularly great. But Mm. when they're sort of in a swarm and you don't really see much of them they like work better, you sort of think, you know, oh, You because if you imagine that coming towards you, that's quite frightening. But yeah. but yeah, if you sort of see them sort of up close, like when they come through at the end and three of them or whatever come through, it's, uh, you know, they, they don't look so good.
1: No. But aside from that, the, the episode looked really good. This was the first episode to be filmed in high definition, wasn't it, for Doctor Who? Yes, yeah. So everything looks really nice and crisp. And I think um, even even though some of the previous um, episodes in series one to one to four. Um, you, you can get them upscaled. You've got them, haven't you? The Blu rays.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're, they're upscaled
1: to yeah. whatever the thing yeah. is. Yeah. But this one does look very, very nice. It's really pin sharp and it looks really good. Um, it does. It, yeah. Even like the night shots in London or Wales, should I say. <laughs> yeah. Um, even the night shots in the city and stuff like that. It all looks really good.
0: But why I said about when I said about Russell and, and Gareth writing it, where did it go wrong? I know I was being a bit flippant, but what I mean by that is you've got two really good writers there. Um, and this, this isn't dreadful. I mean, I don't mean to be too harsh on it. They, come there's on, some good, come on. There's some good bits in it, but you've got two pretty decent writers there. You know, they both delivered Good worth. two, And this, I don't think, represents them well at all. You know, I mean, I, I think they could have come up with a lot better than this. And I, and I don't know where, where did it go wrong in terms of like, where did it go wrong in what, is translated on screen or, or did they just not come up with a good enough script because i mean the humor in it as well two two people that are normally really good at delivering humor in doctor who well, yeah. you know the, yeah. the humor in this falls really flat i mean there are some bits in it that are just not funny and they're meant to be funny the only bit i liked is when the doctor uses his psychic paper to get as an oyster card at the beginning <laughs> so that was a really nice little touch okay so the rest of the humour in it just falls incredibly flat, which is unusual considering that it's written by Russell and Gareth.
1: I really liked Malcolm Taylor, Lee Evans' character. Lee Evans. I thought he was quite funny.
0: Well, actually, yeah. Um, I didn't like him the first time. Uh, I, I think I this the, the sort of, the, as soon as he started speaking in that Welsh accent, um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I just, it seemed like the whole thing was just a pantomime. But on the rewatch, and this is one of the few things that has changed, in my opinion. I really did like him in this, actually. I, I thought his character was great. Um, well, I really did like Lee Evans in this.
1: Yeah. Well, he's from Wales, so he does an accent quite, quite easily. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: All oh, right. Okay. That's
1: why he's really good at Welsh accents. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, no, I thought he was yeah. really good in it, actually.
0: Yeah, I don't know why I didn't like him the first time, but I, I really enjoyed him in this the second time around. I love the fact that he um, he's like really you know, uh, impressed, that the, the, you know, he knows all about the Doctor and he's, you know, can't believe his luck that he's actually speaking to him on the phone and I really like the scenes <laughs> of of the, him and the Doctor talking on the phone I think they work really well.
1: Yeah, he's kind of starstruck, isn't he? That's yeah. it, yeah, yeah, that's a really nice little touch. Yeah, just to, um, to pick up on what you said about the Russell T. Davis and Gareth Roberts, this is one of the things that also kind of confuses me a lot as well is that those two are, you know, one of the well, they have produced some of the best Doctor Who stories, um, and it's it's interesting to see. Well, it's interesting to for them to working together to put out quite a weak story. Or, yeah, that's or a, what week, I a week, a week, a um, week episode, should I say? Because the story itself is actually quite, although, although it's been done before on Doctor Who, it's quite it has the potential to be good if you if you nail the the menacing aliens, you know, enough. And you create enough suspense and that sort of thing, and you've got a unit in there as well. It, it's potentially a really, really good story, but um, I think I'm with you on that one. Where it's surprising that you've got two or, two of the best writers, for, you know, of modern Who, coming together, which should, you know, it's almost like a it's almost like a dream team writing, you know, experience. And you'd have thought that it would be one of the best of David Tennant's stories with these two together, but. you'd certainly
0: expect it to be a lot stronger yeah i think that's the thing because there's some there's some there's loads of potential here like you know you've got so much stuff going on in terms of like you've got unit in there you know and and these fly people and you've got the stingray things you have got the bus you know got the wormhole you have got lee evans you've got loads of great stuff and michelle ryan as well you know loads of great stuff but nothing actually happening it
1: really struggles told my attention this story yeah and i think that's one that's one of the things that in my opinion, this this story could have benefited a lot more if it was a bit darker. Yes, exactly, yeah. I think this... And when I say darker, I don't mean in visually at night. I mean, like, the the tones of the story and the characters. I think it could have been a lot... bit more of a, a scarier Doctor Who episode because I found this one to be quite light and fluffy. Yes. You know, there was a lot of throwaway humour and there was a lot of, you know, little character quirky bits and... Um, you know, there was, there, there was nothing here that really. I mean, I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. I'll yeah. be honest with you. But there wasn't anything really that when I finished watching it, I thought, oh, you know, that was done really well and that was amazing and stuff like that. There wasn't any one subject within the episode that, you know, that, that stayed with me after I finished watching it, basically.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's a throwaway episode. I mean, if you compare it to the next special, Waters of Mars brilliant episode worlds apart yes world's yeah. apart you know that that the acting is is ten times better the darkness is there you know David Tennant is so much stronger in there so I mean that's the other thing I I don't think David Tennant's particularly I mean he's he's good in it but he's really going through the motions in this story you know he, he he even seems a bit bored himself in it it's not like you know there's no sort of standout moment you don't like you said at the end of it you don't think wow it's brilliant you know like at the end of yeah. the waters of Mars that's such a good episode. And Tennant is phenomenal in that. Yeah. You know, I think it's one of his best performances as, as the Doctor. But in this, he just seems to be going through the motions. You know?
1: Yeah, that's exactly
0: what I thought. What, what did you yeah. think of unit in it? How do you think? Because you, we've got a slightly different unit team to what we've got now. So what did you think of the, this unit team that we get to see in this one?
1: Um, I, didn't, I didn't really take much away from it, Really, it wasn't really. They didn't make much of an impact in the story. Um, I think um, Captain Magambo, she was quite I think she played that that role quite well that kind of hard hard hard-nosed captain yeah reminds me a
0: bit of um, yeah 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 she's got that sort of strong character I gotta say I think sort of um, Unit don't really do a lot in it but I think having Lee Evans in it kind of saves it I really really don't like the bit where she pulls the gun on him at the end oh right yeah, yeah only because in the next scene they're all laughing and joking again. I'm just thinking, hang on a minute. She's just pulled a gun on you, mate. I don't think, <laughs> even if she's like, you know, your superior. I don't think I'd be outside laughing with her five minutes later. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That really
1: jarred with me. Yeah. Especially you know, as the doctor's, um, uh, hatred towards guns and stuff like that. I was uh, expecting him to, to react a bit more than that.
0: It didn't seem necessary. Like she, you know, the fact she, I know she's given him orders. I don't think a unit officer would pull a gun. on a scientist and demand him to do something and i certainly don't think they'd be bffs five minutes afterwards so that really jarred on me it seemed like bad writing um i'll come on to a positive because i don't want to be mr negative um michelle ryan i actually thought was really good in this did you yeah i did and i and i don't i don't remember liking her from the first watch but
1: yeah i really liked her in this okay because she was my least favorite bit really yeah yeah i thought it was uh I thought it was just a real, well, almost a blatant copy of the Tomb Raider character.
0: Ah, right. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if anybody's
1: seen that the um, the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movie. Um, oh,
0: now you said it,
1: you're you're absolutely right. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, you're and, absolutely right. Yeah, and it's not like you know, you know, sometimes with characters they take some inspiration from another character that's been in a movie, or or they model a character on somebody. This to me seemed like, um, I don't know, it it just seemed like a carbon copy because she had this posh kind of strange British accent that she Mm. was forcing out. She was obviously very, um, she had some status about her, just like Lara Croft in Tomb Raider. She's this thief, you know, and it it, it was almost like, uh, this is another mind-boggling thing because I'm pretty sure... That Russell T. Davis and Gareth Roberts would have known about this, and even if they modelled the character slightly on Lara Croft from Tomb Raider, you thought that they would have changed it up a little bit, you know, it had some variation, so it didn't look like a. So for that reason alone, it, that really didn't sit right with me. It was literally a carbon copy.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. No. I can now you say it. I can see. I can totally see where you're coming from. Um, I don't know. I just kind of, um, I think in my head I'd got it that I didn't like her. So I was quite surprised that I I did. I don't know. I found her quite a sort of, um, quite a feisty sort of bit mouthy, but not too much. Yeah. I quite liked her in it. I have to say, I think, I think Michelle Ryan and Lee Evans kind of are the main plus points for me in this episode. Um, There's not really a lot else
1: I I particularly like in it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, Okay. So you quite, okay the rest of the you mentioned that the acting was dreadful for the support cast on the bus.
0: Oh, I thought so. I thought they were just really didn't like those like, guys, no. They they no. <laughs> Especially the woman who's like, it's coming, I can see it's coming. Oh, oh, God. Her husband was the only good one, and he only has about one line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, He's yeah. the only believable guy in it. And there's another guy in it um, who's normally really good, a young guy. Um, I don't know his name, but hes he's been in loads of things. Okay. Um, he, I think he was in Skins, and um, I can't think of his name. He's normally really good, and he, again, he's only got a few lines. But even he's rubbish in it, and I was thinking, what's going on? I don't know if it's down to the direction or what actually i do think the direction's fairly decent in it having said that like the way it's shot i mean not the not the performances yeah i think the way it's shot and moves and stuff is, is quite good but but uh, yeah no overall i, d- I wasn't impressed with the, the guys on the bus i didn't i didn't feel any affection or for anything to them now, when i say you know i didn't care about them what i mean is i didn't care about the characters like yeah, you know they're, yeah. they're in peril but i wasn't bothered about them at all you yeah, know what I mean? mean I didn't, yeah. didn't care whether they got out of the wormhole or not. Uh, in fact, the guy... <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but the, when the bus driver, who, again, was a dreadful actor and rubbish, <laughs> when he does walk through the wormhole and gets disintegrated to a skeleton, I actually laughed, which is, is not like me, but I, I did because I was just like, oh, good, because
1: he was so annoying. <laughs> he was a bit, wasn't he? And yeah, he, he went uh, charging off through there, and you thought, it's going to happen. It's yeah, happen. actually,
0: maybe that's why he was so annoying because, you know, they don't want to kill somebody like all, do they? <laughs> so, yeah... But no, not impressed with the overall yeah, cast. Um, okay. The fly people, what do you think of them? I mean, um, man in a suit with a fly head.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, again, they were they weren't terrible. Yeah. Um, I just found them a little bit filler. Really, I didn't understand. I think they could have they they could have done that whole abandoned ship with the with the stuck stingray creature in it without the flies yeah i just yeah just you know don't know what, I mean? what they were about yeah. yeah i think it was just you know we, we need to put another alien in there you know let's let's do that but we haven't got any we haven't really got anything big we can use let's just make up these fly people yeah so yeah that was a bit i just didn't understand their purpose really
0: and i know a lot of people were like groaning when the doctor and. um the Michelle Ryan's character kiss. They're like, oh, did they have to? Kiss? Here we go. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, I know. It does seem sort of obligatory of part of the RTD here, I have to say. Well, you know, it always has to have a, a kiss
1: in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, almost James Bond-esque.
0: Yeah, in fact, the feel. music at the end. You know, the very end bit where they come flying out of the wormhole in the bus, and oh, yeah, and it's yeah. all kicking off, and Michelle Ryan escapes in the bus at the end, and it's like the music is so over the top. It's like it is <laughs> almost really cheesy, actually. It really gets cheesy towards the end. Sure. You know, like you said, it's a bit like uh, I'm not sure if it's a James Bond movie. It's more like, um, like a Disney movie or something. At the end, you know, when they're doing the whole bye, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's it is really, really oh, it's yeah. cheesy as hell. It's really yeah. cheesy. And then we suddenly turn to dark, where it's like that woman warns the doctor, he will knock four times. Your song is ending, or whatever. It. It's like what, you know? And that's the that's the only other good bit. Because I remember that was yes. the you know that was the bit I was like oh, here we go you know <laughs> that's cool but yeah okay overall mate not impressed
1: right scores you have um, got to go
0: first this week it's me isn't it
1: okay I'm gonna say five point five
0: right <laughs> okay easy one for me I'd written four point five out of ten and then I'd scribbled out the point five <laughs> I really struggled actually because I was okay. like four. I think I was giving 0.5 for the bus. Uh no, I'm going to go 4 out of 10. 4 yeah. 4 out of 10 for this one. Okay. Yeah. I think that's
1: your lowest score. It is. It is. Yeah, this is yeah. one of
0: my least favorite episodes, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and
0: as I say, I did I do want listeners to know and I I hate to be negative but we do have to be honest on this podcast. I do want the listeners to know I did go into it with an open mind because I I do have a habit of changing my mind on stories. So I didn't go into this thinking right I hate it, got to watch this. I went into it thinking, you know, with a fresh mind and I just, it, it just falls really flat for me.
1: Yeah. No, I um, Yeah. Closest to that, mate, it was in the forest of the night. You gave
0: 5.5. Really? 5.5? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that seems high now. It does, doesn't uh, it? <laughs> yeah, it does. I think I might have to reduce that one. Might have to revisit that one. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. So 5.5. I thought it was not the best story. Um, there were a couple of little bits that I liked in it. I thought it was quite filler in places. Visually, it looked lovely. Um, a couple of the characters are okay. Quite like David Tennant, it was. It was quite good. Um, I've seen, I've seen worse Doctor Who episodes. Put it that way, but I've, not, <laughs> but I've seen you know, a lot better, a lot more of the time. So, five point five and four for you. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's jump over to Facebook. Yeah, let's see what our listeners thought. Yes, yeah, so when we put this out a couple of weeks ago, you guys bombarded Facebook. I think you guys have got some opinions on this one, so let's bash through. Yeah, we've got um, loads, haven't we? Yeah, so Matt at the Who Addicts Review, reviews, hi guys. Uh, he has a soft spot for Planet of the Dead. He said he knows it's not the best story, but he always loves it and will always happily rewatch it. it. Um, uh, he felt that, uh, he really liked that they felt they were in danger, the way they wrapped up the story. Using the gold was very random and unexplained, but um, he always enjoys that story. Um, He gave it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Jackson Castillo. Uh, I really enjoyed Planet of the Dead. Maybe not as good as the other specials which followed, um, but still good. I felt Lady Christina was really good um, as a one-off companion. Loved the chemistry with David Tennant. Um, I liked how they didn't shove um, Easter into it too much but a fun bit with David Tennant offering the egg uh, and a good lead on with the four knocks he'd give it eight out of ten
0: Ooh, wouldn't give it that oh, I agree with him about the Easter egg bit actually yeah that was nice yeah just yeah. a little little touch yeah good
1: one Luffy Land hello hi Louise uh, Lady Gracina is one of my favourite companions I would love to see her more of her I'm uh, hoping she'll return one day in the flying bus uh, she's a kind of companion that would truly be up to the task of traveling with the doctor and would be a real help. Um, uh, I admire her in the same way that she does Ace. Uh, oh, I loved, okay. Yeah, I love the stingray creatures. thought they were very menacing. I actually really liked the tri- tritivores. Uh, they kind of reminded me of a nice version of the insectoids in Star Trek Enterprise. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah, it's a nice uh, nice comparison to Ace because I love Ace as well. Yeah. Uh, go on, Ace. We got to work, we? oh my uh, goodness
0: i must just tell you very quickly i was listening to uh damaged goods was it oh no uh earlier and there's a yeah. bit in it where he's saying something with the r's in and he he does it about 10 times in a row and i was thinking gary will not make it to the end of this audio Bloody hell. <laughs> i think it's damaged goods i'm trying to think yeah it must be i was listening to damaged goods uh, anyway sorry anyway
1: right, uh matthew gibson duxbury uh, I have to say I like this one. I love Christina as a chart, um, as a character. And also, I could see her as extremely good companion with the Tenth Doctor. Mm. All the side characters were well-developed. Oh, no. <laughs> and the enemies were a new and interesting threat. Um, seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. <laughs> yep. Okay. Stuart Stockwin. Stuart. But, to be honest, I would watch anything between human nature, all the way up to flesh and stone, if it had... Um, tie I can't I think he's misspelled that. Um, but this would be um the last one to watch as it is surprisingly watchable, good for an Easter special, um, bad start for tenant's final run, as the Alien Planet looked uh, like a massive desert, and the added sons and Christina was just one of those Cockney characters or a hate. Um kind of (laughs) reminds me of James Bond. Oh there you go. And why did she kiss the doctor? Five point five out of (laughs) ten. Uh, Greg Toby, I quite like this one, although I wouldn't watch it all the time, maybe now and then, 8 out of 10. Devon Baker, Um, Uh, horrible Lady Christina, obnoxious, quite boring, terrible villain, plot, a rip of midnight, 4 out of (laughs) 10. That's that's all we needed to say, there it is. There you go, short and sweet, thanks, Devon. Kieran Knight, Uh, watched it again, and I think it's uh, more thuddingly average rather than bad. Uh, The best scenes are between Malcolm and the Doctor. Uh, with Lee Evans working really well with the lines he was given. Planet doesn't, look, doesn't strike me as an alien world, nor the flies in the boiler suits. Uh, Christina came across as more cocky than clever, and having a character suddenly become psychic to explain an arc to the audience is as lazy as anything Moffat has done. Also, why did the crystal have antigrav clamps around it? You should have reviewed this one for Easter. Sorry, Kieran. Uh, yes,
0: he's got some good points there, though. Actually, yes. and I
1: think I agree with nearly all of them, yep. or possibly all of them. Yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah, cheers, Karen. Uh, Matthew Thomas definitely the best Easter special, but mind you, well. it doesn't have much competition. To be honest, it's not too bad. Had its witty moments and quite humorous, but it's nothing incredible. Seven out of ten. Looking forward to your opinion, Adam, because I know how much you love it. Smiley face. <laughs> actually, when he says Easter specials, he doesn't mean because I, I chuffed a laugh there
0: he doesn't mean it's better than Waters and Mars than that does he no
1: I'd, he's just a, yeah just Easter in general I think just Easter okay hopefully yeah. yeah Will Lloyd hi Will that's, that's, that's a, our competition winner it is yeah
0: love the tweet with all the stuff Will
1: yeah it looks cool uh, he's, it's okay a bit silly in some places but as a nine year old it made me laugh and kept me entertained I still don't mind it uh, Stu Gee uh, it's a great fun romp not the best story but a lot of fun kind of see that Uh, Ben Smith this is a nothing story Uh, it's not good but it's not bad the story is thin and easily forgettable and the woman randomly being psychic to predict the doctor's end was poor and lazy storytelling 5 out of 10
0: yes I agree with that I didn't you know it's funny I didn't pick up on it but they're absolutely right it is
1: just a couple more Jeff Waddle
0: no you are saying that right aren't you Jeff Waddle what it's uh, Jeff
1: Waddle oh Jeff your old mate Jeff oh Jeff it is awful the money spent on the specials would have been better spent on decent scripts proof that a good setting does not make up for poor writing absolutely Jeff Waddle can't really argue with that yeah Uh, and then uh, Lanto Williams one of my favourite it's Yanto Yanto is it sorry
0: yeah I meant to say to you actually I don't know if you saw it he did message to say (laughs) I think I
1: read it which means you probably didn't okay you know what I think people know by now that we're absolutely shocking at names. Um, so Yanto Williams, uh, one of my favourite Tenth Doctor episodes. Personally, would have liked Lady Christina to have stayed and been a proper companion, as the chemistry between both of them was very good.
0: What do you think about the chemistry between them? Because I I meant to ask you that actually.
1: Um,
0: it was good. I thought it was
1: good. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really. F- I didn't think it was bad. I didn't really fee- feel it much. But yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I wasn't over enamoured by her her um, character or her herself but i think the chemistry between those two was quite cool yeah i did yeah. yeah so yeah thank you very much for jumping on facebook and giving us all those comments that's uh that's very very cool i think in generally speaking it's one of those episodes where some people like it as a as a now and then episode to watch through but overall it's not really loved that much
0: no i'll see what i'm just no. gonna have a look and see i've got a few on geeks to so see what people said on cool. there i think uh Devin baker who who commented on you he, he said um Adam, what's worse, this nightmare in silver and oh no, this or nightmare in silver? Okay. Um, God, tough choice actually, Devin. Uh, probably this, but they're, they're on par as both being awful. Uh, <laughs> Harry Westergaard, ah, oh, your old mate, quite forgettable. He says I can't remember much from it except that the monster looked a bit like the husks from Ghostlight. Yeah, I suppose they do mm. a bit actually. Harry here, yeah. yep. uh, Simon Clark. Worth it just for the eye candy. He's giving it 8 out of 10. <laughs> I think he's, re- he's really just giving Michelle Ryan 8 out of 10, isn't he? Um, Daniel totally. Seligman. Definitely the worst of the specials. I agree, Daniel. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be, but it's still very mediocre. 6 out of 10. Uh, Jamie Robertson. Entertaining and good fun. Underrated. I'd give it 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, Jonathan McGuick. God, I'm terrible. We're bad with names, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, mediocre at best, I agree. Callum Johnson, this may be the worst episode from the new era of Who. Ooh. Even episodes like Love and Monsters and The Power of Three have at least one redeeming feature, <laughs> but this is just pointless. Epi- it's just a pointless episode, and I forget that I watch it every time I watch it. Very forgettable, 1.5 out of 10. Blimey. God, I thought I was being negative. 1.5? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do agree with you, Callum. Um, Lee Collins, not a great episode, but okay. Dean Jones, decent, but the least interesting of the specials, in my opinion, six out of 10. Right. Liam Egan, it's an all right episode. And, oh, that's it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So I thought I had one more to come, but I just scrolled to the end and it wasn't.
1: So yeah, that's it. (laughs) Interestingly enough, we've got Love and Monsters coming up later on in the year.
0: Yeah, that's that's a real Marmite episode, isn't it? Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to watching that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I actually don't know what I think of Love of Monsters. I really, I, <laughs> I change my opinion on it all the time. Me too. So I'm, look, yeah. I'm looking
1: forward to, to to watching that one with you, mate. Indeed, that wraps up the review. Thank you very much, everybody, for uh, getting in contact. It's very very cool. Next week, we're going we're off to a carnival. We're of... off to a carnival. <laughs> a carnival of a carnival of monsters. Monsters. Yes, that's next week, Perthway. Yeah. <laughs> So That'd be cool.
0: It will be. We haven't done a, a, a weave for a while, have we? So yeah, be good.
1: Uh, yeah, I think the the demons or the demons back in Feb. Wow, the time flies. flies. It does, indeed. So I think that's going to wrap up for thirty nine, mate. Yep. <laughs> planet of the dead not much love there dead in the water dead in the water indeed <laughs> yeah so i think um i concur with a lot of the comments we had through um it's one of those things where you kind of stick it on and it's not that enjoyable but you watch it and it's yeah, it's okay but i don't think you'd go out of your way to pull it off the shelf and stick it on
0: no it's not it's not one that i would sit and groan through i mean I, watching it for a review i would if it was just on the telly i'd probably just sit back and watch it yeah but yeah not great
1: I'll read you. thank you very much for listening to us and we're um we're glad that we're back back on to uh, to entertain your your friday yeah as it must have been, felt really weird last friday with no no episode going out and uh we will look forward to seeing you next week so next week we're gonna do carnival of monsters i'm really looking forward to that one I haven't watched perk in a little while no, nor have I actually. Yeah, no. so it'll be the first one in a couple of months, I think, since I've watched yeah. it. I think the I'm, demons was the last one I watched. I actually haven't watched this story for quite a while, actually. So yeah, I'm, not, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be should, interesting. Yeah, it should be good. Remember to enter our competition to win um, Callum uh, Cameron's new book, uh, The Big Book of Lists. Yeah, send us some really funny tweets. Just something, some crazy, mad tweets. <laughs> yeah, just jump onto Twitter, give us a follow. It's at the Big Blue Box Um, If you already follow us, it's fine. Just need to tweet as well. Remember to use the hashtag BigBlueBoxComp. And we will announce the winner next week. Exciting. Indeed. Exciting times. Uh, So until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And until then, allons Allons